You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, we are in this series where we're learning to go beyond. The first part of that is we got to learn to get beyond ourselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, get beyond yourself. Get beyond it. Tell them, come on, we're going to talk to you. Get beyond yourself. Because here's, here's the reality, everybody, is if you don't get beyond yourself, you're always going to be stuck at yourself. You're, you, I mean, and God did not create you to live within the limitations of you. Does that make sense? And some of the greatest frustrations in your life are going to come when you are trying to do things that God never intended for you to do alone, but you're trying to. And I'm telling you, I think a lot of the frustration today and some of the depression today and the thing is, is from us just trying to carry too much. You're doing it on your own. Well, listen, you gotta get beyond yourself. You know that the, the world, our na- you know what the nation needs? The nation needs a people, the church, to get beyond themselves. Like we're, we're, we, we don't have the, the power we need, the resource we need. Do you know God has called us as a church to do things that we can't do without him? We gotta get beyond ourselves, amen? And so in the first part of this last week, we looked at getting beyond ourselves by, by G, with the invitation of, of Jesus, say, come to me. The, the, you gotta answer that invitation to Jesus. For you to get beyond yourself, you gotta come to him. Jesus said, to he who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so we've gotta learn to come to him. But here's what I wanna talk to you about today. In order for us to get beyond ourselves, which we desperately need to do, you don't just come to him, you've gotta learn to abide in him. Abide in him. Listen, John chapter 15, verse four. John 15, four says this. Abide in me. It means remain, remain in me. Like stay with me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it, someone say abides. Unless someone say abides, abides in the vine, neither can you unless you say abide, abide in me. It's an invitation of Jesus not to just come to me, but abide in me. It means to, to remain in me. And, and here's the problem for us today is that many of us, some of you sitting here right now, you think of your relationship with God not as an abiding relationship, but a checking in relationship. Like you see your relationship with God as a, as a part of your life and not everything in life. And this is where a lot of people find themselves today. Well, the invitation to God was abide in me. And if God is just in your relationship with him, is just a part of your life, here's what you're gonna do. Well, you're gonna see your relationship with God as, as something that you just kind of check in on on the weekend. It's Sunday, time to do the God thing. And you show up to church because it's a part of my life. And so I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna check in at church and, 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 and kind of you know, touch base with God, make sure we're all good. And then I'm gonna go and maybe Monday I got a prayer routine. So I'm gonna check in with God in, in the morning. And that's great, I'm glad you're doing it. But I need to reframe the way you think about your relationship with God. This is not check in, it's abide. And abiding is different than checking in. So uh, checking in, so you picture your relationship, oh, you picture the church Kind of like a gas station, right? And so you, you drive up, you know, some of you barely making it in. You're on empty. It's like you, you're, you're coasting down the downhills and you're doing all you can. I just got to make it to church. I just got to get in. And then you get in and, and, oh, it's a gas station. You're just getting filled up. Right? 
And I'm telling you, you get filled up as much as, much as you can, and then you're gonna go through your week and you see yourself kind of bloop, 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 bloop. A little prayer moment, bloop, bloop, bloop. And then, and then, bloop, 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 bloop. You get here, bloop, and then church. And you're checking in, you're checking in, you're checking in. How, how many have ever been to San Francisco? Let me see your hands. You've been to San Francisco, come on. God bless you, I see your hand. In San Francisco, they have the trolley system. And if you've seen the trolley system, the way the trolley system works is that that trolley, listen, is getting constant power from the supply lines that are above it. If it gets disconnected from the supply lines above it, it cannot move forward on the track that's below it. I'm telling you, friends, your relationship with God is not to be checking in at a gas station, but staying connected to the, to the trolley track. It's staying connected to the power source that is constantly above you, constantly available to you, constantly there for you. And this is not a check-in, check-out. It's a constantly staying, abiding in, remaining in Him. Not gas station, trolley track. Tell your neighbor what I just told you. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Preach it to them. Come on, tell tell them what I just told them. Tell them them what an amazing analogy that was. Come on, you're going to remember it. It's pretty good. Trolley track. I am constantly connected. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus is speaking with his disciples, and they're bummed out. Let me give you the context. Because Jesus is going away. He announced he's going away and their hearts are sad. Of course they're sad. Can you imagine walking with Jesus? Well, some pretty exciting stuff. And when we got people walking on water, we got, we got bread that's being provided for the multitudes. And there is some incredible things happening. There's ministry happening around Jesus and the disciples are part of all of this. Jesus says, oh, and by the way, I'm going away. And they're like, what? They're sad. And then Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, hey, don't be sad. He goes away, he says, because I'm going to ask the Father to give you another helper. Someone say another. Another. So I'm going away. So no, I've been helping you, right? Disciples, I've been helping you. Like, yeah, yeah, you've been helping me. Okay, well, when I go away, I'm gonna send another helper. I am, I am one helper, but now another helper is going to come. And that helper, guess what helpers do? Helpers help. Helpers help. So just as I've been helping you, the helper is gonna come, and the helper is going to what? It's very important. We'll get to it in a second. Jesus says this is another helper. Now, you need to understand that in the Greek, there are multiple words for another. There is, uh, there's two words. One is another of a different kind, and the other word for another is another of the same kind, okay? So you've got these two words, and you know, like another. Uh, another of a different kind would be like, you got the movie genre, and in the movie genre, you got Bambi and Terminator, Right? That's another of a different kind. This is a completely different movie. Completely different. But then another of the same kind would be like Bambi and Bambi 2. It's another of the same kind, okay? I'm sorry, I couldn't think of a better analogy, but that's just, it's like, it's another of, oh, that's not a different kind. It's the same kind. You still got, you still got Bambi, right? You still got Thumper. Thumper. Thank you. I, I wasn't even gonna say Thumper, but you're right. Golly, man. And so Jesus says, I got... I'm sending to you, the Father's gonna send you another of the same kind. And he's going to be with you. What's it say? Come on, throw it on the screen. He will be with you. Say it with me. Always. Does it say just on Sunday? Nope. 
And he will be with you when you show up to church. And he will be with you when you show up to pray. And he will be with you. Yeah, that's all true, but you need to understand it's not just when you show up to church. He's not just with you when you are seeking him in prayer. He's not just, come on. He says he will be with you always. Someone say always. Abide in me, Jesus says. How? I'm gonna send you another helper who will be with you always. And if you haven't picked up on it yet, friends, what I am talking to you about is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in our life, empowering us and enabling us and walking with us. And Okay, we got, listen, 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 because all you Pentecostals are really excited. Everybody else is like, whoa, hold up. Talking about Holy Spirit stuff in church. I, I mean, church, if I'm gonna pastor you, I got to pastor you to the place where you understand the importance of walking in the Spirit. Right. If you're going to get beyond yourself, you got to learn to walk in the Spirit. And God is saying to you, listen, I am sending you a helper. What does a helper do? Helps. A comforter. What does a comforter do? Comforts. And I know a lot of people get really awkward and uncomfortable when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. But I think it's because the Holy Spirit has been misrepresented in the church of America today and at church at large. Like it's just, people are doing things in the name of the Holy Spirit that are actually not what the Holy Spirit is doing. And there's a lot of confusion. But let me help you. Let me show you biblically who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Because if you're going to abide, this is how God has ordained for you to abide in him. It's walking in the Spirit. And so, does the Holy Spirit show up and make things crazy? Does the Holy Spirit show up and, and now we're swinging from a chandelier? Does the Holy Spirit, come on, show up and the Holy Spirit shows up. Come on, listen to how simple Jesus is. And what he does He's a helper. He helps. What's he do? He's going to help. Does anybody need any help today? Let me see your hand. Like, come on, you need some help today? You need the Holy Spirit of God today. There's another word he says, comforter. The, the word, like, literally, it's like, it just, it just, you ever get, like, some of you love your bed. Some of you, like, you hate your bed. You want a new bed and you, whatever. Like, find in your mind the, the bed that you just get, you lay down, you're like, oh, yes. Like you pull those covers. I, I love the Tate and It took years to find like the right bed, the right cup. But man, when you, you, are you go to one of them hotels, they got fancy. You've been to one of the hotels, got the fancy pillows. Like you got the, you got the, you could like actually multiple types of pillows. You know, like the, the one that like, you know, feels like a rock. Like this isn't a pillow, right? Then the one that sucks around your face. You're like, oh my gosh, how do you even get out of it? Like, right? This is like Holy Spirit says, look it, I don't care. You can have a rough day. You're just going through and you just come here, come here. I got you. Just like, Ah, oh, I just kind of melt. So look at the Holy Spirit goes, listen, I just want to help you. I just want to comfort you. That it? That's it. And if you're going to learn to get beyond yourself, you've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's, listen, let me help you understand, is God's personal presence write that down, Holy Spirit, God's personal presence. It's third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The name, Old Testament name for Holy Spirit is a word called 
Ruach, which means this, breath of God, wind of God, energy, power, and life of God. So in the Old Testament, you see God by his Holy Spirit showing up, the personal presence of God showing up in various times and in various ways. And so you've got like with with Joseph, uh, the Holy Spirit of God shows up and gives Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. You've got the Holy Spirit of God showing up to the prophets, giving them the ability to speak on God's behalf. You got in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit of God just showing up in various times and in various ways. God, matter of fact, the Holy Spirit of God showed up one time to a man by the name of Betzel. And he was an artist. And it says that he was empowered by the Spirit of God to create art within the temple. And so the Holy Spirit of God showing up different times and in different ways all throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we're introduced to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit of God is working through the person of Jesus to do ministry. Heavenly resources are meeting human needs through the, through the person of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? All over the New Testament. And so you've got Jesus doing ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then listen, he turns and tells his disciples that they too shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have them waiting in Acts chapter two, praying as Jesus told them to, and the power of the Holy Spirit shows up upon the church. And from that moment forward, they are now empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God had called them to do all through the book of Acts. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's helping the church do what God has called the church to do all through the book of Acts. Matter of fact, in your Bible, when you open it up to the book of Acts, what's it say right there? It says, it says, uh, works of the apostles. Now, I'm not telling you to cross it out or anything like that, but here's the reality. This is actually what you're reading about is the work of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. The, it wasn't like the apostles are out there going, watch me, God. No, the, whole, the, the apostles were just going, God, today we're gonna wake up. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk in the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. We're gonna walk with you and the Holy Spirit of God is working in and through the apostles to, to, to launch the early church, to work in the church. And you get to the end of Acts. And by the way, Acts is not supposed to end. At the end of Acts, we're continuing to see God do what only God can do through the empowerment of his Holy Spirit through his people. Amen? Yeah. Are you with me so far? Pentecostals are. Everybody else is like, hold on a second. Hold on. I just want balance. You gotta understand. The Holy Spirit of God shows up to help and you watch this all through scripture just helping his, helping his people. God has in my life been with me. The power of his Holy Spirit helped me every moment. I mean, even before I became a, a believer, even before I was a Christian and had surrendered to God, this is happening with you guys too, whether you realize some of you are in here and you're like, you, you haven't yet surrendered your life to Jesus. I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God right now is working in your life and, and he's doing what he always does. He's drawing you to Jesus. He's drawing you to the Father. He's, he's drawing you home. And I, I experienced this in my life. Like long before I surrendered my life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit showed up. He just helped me. You know how he helped me? He started working in me and around me, drawing me to God over and over again. Like before I was saved, there was just something going on inside my heart. The Holy Spirit of God was working in me and nudging me and convicting me and calling me. He was, he was drawing me. Can I tell you how he was working? Come on, it wasn't like, ooh. Holy Spirit of God, show. look at here's how he worked. 
You work through my circumstances. Yeah. I have this sister, her name's Alicia. She just kept inviting me to youth guy, inviting me to church. Just kept inviting me to church. And the Holy Spirit of God gave her some tenacity to just keep inviting me. I'm not going to church with you. I'm not going to church with you. I'm not going to church. Fine, I'll go to church with you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God was working through my sister to get me to show up to church. And then I showed up to church and the Holy Spirit of God was working through all the people of God because I'm watching them going, man, this is wild. Like they actually are acting like they really like each other. And there's like a genuine authenticity here. And I've never seen this before. Like all my friends, we just kind of, but this feels real. So it's genuine. It can't be. I'm going to show up again and check it out again. Yeah. I'm going to watch. And the Holy Spirit of God was using the people of God and the way that they interacted. The Bible says they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And they just had this love for one another. Yeah. That's why you hear me in the beginning of every Sunday. I say, we want to love on you so you can come discover the love of God. Why am I sharing that? Because the Spirit of God did that in my life. Yeah. He loved on me with a group of high school kids and leaders that pointed me to the great love of God. Holy Spirit of God was using. And then a man by the name of Jim Shear got up and opened up the Bible. And he started to preach scripture. And the Holy Spirit of God worked through the word of God to convict my heart to a place where at a camp one year, I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. I said yes to him. You know how I got to that point? Same way you're gonna get to that point. Some of you, before we leave here today, you're gonna be at that point. You're gonna say yes to Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God, I'm not making this strange, I'm just telling you, loves you so much, he hunting you down. He's just hunting you down and he's using people. And why, everywhere I go, there's just Christians. Christians are everywhere. Spirit of God, he's just like, I was just trying to buy my groceries and he telling me God loves me. What is that? Holy Spirit of God, just like loving on you, honey. And the moment I surrendered my life to Jesus, can I tell you the Holy Spirit of God continued to work in my life. Spirit of God, listen, he, he been leading me to that point and from that point. I ended up desiring to go to, to Bible college. I fell in love with God's word. Like I couldn't stop reading God's word. The Spirit of God gave me hunger for God's word. And then a desire to go to Bible college. I know it's not for everybody, but for me, I couldn't escape it. I'm like, I'm going to Bible college. I'm going to Bible college. Why are you going to Bible college? I just know I got to go to Bible college. Why? Spirit of God. Come on, do you see? Just push me. Like, go to Bible college. I also had another. Come on, I had another vision for my life. I was going to marry Tatum, everybody. That, and then the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, led me to marry that girl. Thank you, God, for guiding me. Now, I want you to know, he spoke to me before he spoke to her. Okay, just so you know, I was... A little more in tune with what God was saying. It took her some time to catch up, but it all worked out, everybody. God led us to get married. God led us to Orange County. God led us to come plant this church. God empowered us with everything we needed to plant the church. God, by his Holy Spirit, had just been showing up in our lives over and over and over again. He's going to continue to, and what's he going to do when he shows up? He's going to help. He's going to help, and he's going to, and I'm going to tell you, I'm glad he helped, and I'm glad he comforted us. Because when we moved here, we're like, what did we do? The Spirit of God said, you did what I called you to do. Amen. And so, friends, to get beyond yourself, you got to learn to walk in the Spirit. Got to let him help. So let me challenge you in the time we have left. A couple things you're going to let God help you do. You ready to take some notes? Are you ready to take some notes? Yeah, let's go. Get beyond yourself. Holy Spirit of God going to help you. And here's what he wants to help you do. I want you, and as a church, we got to learn to let 
God, by his Holy Spirit, do what he desires to do. And what he desires to do, listen, you gotta let him, first of all, lead you. Come on, you gotta let him lead you. Let the Holy Spirit, let God lead you, okay? Romans chapter eight, verse 14 says this, Romans eight fourteen. if I could bring it up on the screen. It says, for those who are led by the Holy Spirit of God, those are the children of God. How do you know the difference between somebody who is a believer and not a believer, someone who's a child of God and not a believer, has surrendered themselves and said, God, lead me by your spirit. A child of God is just led by God. This is guided by God, directed by God. And so as his children, our desire should be for him to guide us, for him to lead us, amen? We gotta allow him to do that in our lives. Get beyond ourselves. I gotta let him lead me. And so here's how he's gonna lead me. Sometimes, sometimes God by the Holy Spirit, he's gonna direct you away. Someone say away. He can direct you away from some things. And so it might look like this. The Holy Spirit of God is gonna show up and go, uh, you know, like Christians, we sometimes say this. Have you ever, maybe you've said it, like, I just kind of had a check in my spirit. Like everyone's looking at, what does that even mean? Like, you, you still don't even get like a check and you're like, ah, pay attention to that. Or, or sometimes we'll say this, I just didn't have a peace about it. I just don't have a peace about it. It's like, I'm not settled in this. Like, I just don't, what are we saying? We're, we're, what we're trying to communicate is, I, I kind of feel like maybe the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to me here and I, I have a check. And so it might look like this, like, hey, get out of that relationship. Get, get, get out of that relationship. And you're gonna try to justify and you're gonna try to, oh, but God, if I don't reach girls, come on, like, if I don't reach him with your gospel, who's going to? And I'm like missionary dating right now. And God's like, get out of that relationship. And I'm here to tell you, listen, Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you through me. Get out of that relationship. Right, and so God's gonna, he's gonna nudge you away from things. Hey, don't date that guy, don't date that girl. Don't go to that party, don't go to that, don't walk down that road. Why can't I walk down that road? Because every time you walk down that road, it ends the same way it always ends. It's making messes, you're miserable, and what are you even doing thinking about? And God is over here trying to keep you from going there because he's nudging you by his spirit. Just, hey, pay attention, and I teach my kids all the time. When they were little, they'd do something. Have your kids ever do something dumb? Come on. they do something like they shouldn't have done? Have your kids ever done anything they shouldn't have done? Let me see your hand. You are lying to me right now. When they do that, I go, listen, come here, come here. Now, before you did that, did you maybe have a hunch that you shouldn't have done that? That's called your conscience. And the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you through your conscience. You need to pay attention to your conscience. People who don't pay attention to their conscience, like they, they're running around getting themselves all sorts of trouble. And God, the whole time, through your conscience, going, hey, this let me lead you. And he's gonna lead you away from certain things. He's also gonna lead you towards certain things. Amen? There are some of you, when I was talking about leading a small group this morning, or leading a, leading a crew, you were like, man, I really, I, pro- I probably should start one. You know, I'm kind of thinking maybe. I, Holy Spirit of God going, time to step out. He's putting that on your heart for a reason. Because he, he wants you to step out so he can meet you in the step and, 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 and start working through your life. And so he's going to nudge you. Over in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 12, Nehemiah says this, I sat out during the night with a few others. I sat out, and I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. God put something in his heart. What was it? He's going to rebuild Jerusalem. That's audacious, by the way, but God put it in his heart. And if we're gonna get beyond ourselves, we gotta let God lead us. You, you gotta realize you're not out, don't go out there thinking to yourself, well, I gotta go navigate this thing. No, listen, what you gotta do is listen to what the Spirit of God is whispering to you in the midst of that thing. Let him lead your life. It's God compelling you. 
You know, some of the greatest stories of my life and some of the greatest stories of your life are gonna come out of the moments where you've allowed God by his spirit just to lead you and to nudge you, right? I mean, tell you, we were walking at the Spectrum uh, a while back and, and there's these two guys walking with each other and I'm walking by and, and I, I just have this nudge from God, like, you need to talk to these guys. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. It's like, hey. But I just couldn't ignore it. Like, okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go talk to these guys. And just like, hey. They're like, hey. I'm like, so. And I just knew I was supposed to talk. So I, it's just kind of awkward. And I'm like, and I just went for it. I'm like, I don't know, guys. I just felt like God led me here to talk to you. And they go, whoa. They like back up, like, whoa. I'm like, what? They're like, we were just talking about God stuff. Like right now, we were just talking about God stuff and then you walked up talking about God and they're like freaking out. And I ended up leading those two to Jesus. They gave their lives to Jesus. Like right there. I'm like, so I'm like, well, God sent me here. You know why? Because he loves you and I got to talk with him. And it's just cool. God just nudging and just going, lead me guide me. God, God, show me. And we have got to start just to open up your, you're not alone. Open up your heart and your life to how God is going to lead. You need the kind of faith that says, God, I'll do any, I've got anything, anywhere, anytime. Like you just, you tell me, all right? Now understand when the spirit of God speaks to you, because someone told me today on the way after, after first service that the Holy Spirit of God was leading to put some, uh, uh, some 37s on their Jeep, and they want to lift it up a little higher. And I said, okay, okay. So listen, the Holy Spirit of God, when he speaks to your heart, listen, you got to run it through some filters. And the filters are God's word. God is never going to ask you to do anything that his word contradicts, okay? And so God's moving you to, like those guys, go speak to those guys. Tell, tell, them, about, tell them about the gospel. It's like, God, what's your word say? Oh, yeah, I should probably do that. You see? And so you, you, you keep yourself in check with, with what the word of God has to say, has to say to you. Amen? So look at me. Look, come on. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. Can I take you to another place maybe a little more difficult? You're gonna have to. If we can get beyond ourselves, we're gonna let him lead us. But listen, let the Holy Spirit of God, you ready? Gotta let him convict you. Gotta let the Holy Spirit of God convict. You gotta pay attention to conviction. John chapter 16, verse eight says this. I bring it up on the screen. It says, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, here's what he's gonna do. Come on, watch how he helps us. So everybody look at, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's gonna help and now scripture starts to fill in for us how he helps. He helps by guiding us, but he also helps by convicting you. Some people are like, I don't like conviction. It's actually God helping you. You should thank God for conviction. He says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. In other words, sin is like, that's wrong. That's outside of what God has for you. Righteousness, here's what he does have for you, okay? And of judgment. Hey, someday you're gonna stand before God. The Holy Spirit of God is constantly working, going, going hey, hey, that's not, that's not God's best for you. Sin, righteousness, here is what God has for you. Here is his best for you. And, and the Holy Spirit of God constantly reminding everybody, oh, and by the way, we're all gonna stand before him someday. And this is what the Spirit of God right now on this planet is doing. He's doing right now in your life. And friends, I'm just telling you, we gotta learn to pay attention to the conviction of God by his Holy Spirit. Conviction is the Holy Spirit calling us out of sin and into repentance and into the place where we'll experience forgiveness. 
I always talk, I always think of it like, like the Spirit of God kind of like blowing, blowing the whistle like a ref in our life, you know? Like you're out there on the, on the, on the playing some basketball, you're doing the thing that God's called you to do, you're living life, and, and there's like a foul or something, that, and, and God by His Spirit is like, hey, hey, come on, that, that's not how we play this game. That's not right, that's not right. And here's what I want you to understand. When the Spirit of God convicts you, you know it. Like, you know, it's not like, I wonder, no, like, you know it. So it could work like this, like, just saying, just like, this never happened to me, but maybe some of you, you know, you, you get a call from your wife and you're busy working on stuff, you know, it's got stuff going on and like, ah, I can't, I got time for that, you know, and you're working and then it goes again, you're like, oh, it's not me, but maybe, you're like, I'm so busy, like, she knows I'm busy, and then you pick up the phone, and you kind of got a little edge, you're like, you're like, what, hello, what, now, I've never done that, but maybe something, and, and then now, because you're angry a little bit, there's like a little bit of this thing, and you kind of, you hang up the phone, and as soon as you do, Holy Spirit of God goes, you're being a, like, that's wrong, why are you treating your wife like that, you're like, man, I should probably call her, it's called conviction. So I'm like, hey, babe, sorry. Sorry I was acting like that. I, I, I didn't, you don't deserve that. I'm so sorry. It's just a little conviction. Now, doesn't happen here. <laughs> because you see, it's just, it's very clear. That was wrong. That, that thing. Some of people are walking around, I just feel convicted of what? Like, I don't know. It's just this general sense of conviction. <laughs> See, I need you to, to know that, that God is going to show up. Matter of fact, I'm going to look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I'm going to have a difficult conversation. Watch. Even right now when I'm talking about conviction, there are some of you, you're sitting here right now, and there's something that keep, that's coming up to your mind. There's a place in your life where God has said, I, I've, I've, I keep trying to tell you not to go there, and you keep going there. That, not to look at that, and you keep looking at that. Not to say the things you keep saying. Not to listen to those things you keep listening. And listen to me. Just keep looking at me. Come on. And the Spirit of God is going, I, I, I keep warning you. I keep blowing the whistle. I keep, but all you, you keep justifying. You keep explaining. You keep, you keep trying to ignore. And I'm telling you, friends, don't ignore the conviction of God. And the thing you're thinking about right now that you're trying not to think about because the pastor's telling you that you're thinking about it, that thing right now is the Spirit of God convicting you because he wants to help you. He wants to bless you. And if you keep holding on to the things that God has told you to let go of, to confess, listen, he keeps he keep pouring blessing out. You got holes in your bucket. It's just running out. And God's going, I want to I wanna shore up some things in your life. And I'm telling you, even right now, those things that God is convicting you of, you need to pay attention to them because if you are ever gonna walk in the blessing of God and get beyond yourself, you gotta let the Spirit of God help you by convicting you. Thank God for conviction. The Bible says that he, he chastens or he rebukes and chastens those he loves. Like if you don't love your kids, you're gonna let them do whatever the heck they want. I'm telling you, parents, listen to me. If you love your kids, you are, gonna, you are going to call out when they're wrong, Right? You're gonna address things. God loves you so much. He's just addressing some things in your life. Let him help you. Pay attention to his conviction. Can I get a better amen? amen. And I want you to understand before I move on from this point, 
the difference between conviction and condemnation. That condemnation is just that general, like, I don't know, I just feel yucky. <laughs> Listen, condemnation is from the enemy. Conviction is from God. Conviction says, you blew it, but I wanna forgive you, I wanna wash you, I wanna cleanse you, and I'm gonna move you forward. Conviction always says, here's the way out. Conviction. Condemnation says, you blew it. You're messed up. You're always going to stay that way. You were born that way. Everybody you know has been that way. You're never going to get past this thing. You're stuck in that thing. See, that's condemnation. There's no way out. The enemy is going to show up and and constantly condemn you where the Spirit of God is going to convict you and move you forward through repentance and turning to Him. Amen? So don't allow yourself to stay under condemnation. Listen. Listen for the conviction. Conviction calls you forward into forgiveness, forward into the future, forward into everything God has for you. Amen? Let Him guide you. Let Him convict you. Write this next one down. Let Him strengthen you. Ephesians 3.16 says this. Ephesians 3.16, if you throw it up on the screen for me. It says that he would grant you, it's the prayer of Paul, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. The Holy Spirit of God wants to strengthen, look at me, strengthen your inner man, not your outer man. We're not talking about your physique. We're not talking, he's gonna strengthen your inner man. In other words, he's gonna make you strong on the inside. And he strengthens you to do the things he's calling you to do. So if you feel the conviction to turn from the thing, guess what? When you turn from the thing, God is going to show up with the strengthening of you to be able to walk away from the thing. He calls you to do things, and then he enables you to do the thing he's called you to do. Does that make sense? He strengthens you. And you've got to find yourself allowing yourself to walk in the strength of the Holy Spirit. How? By continuing just to say yes to him and obeying just yielding to him. And when you're yielding, he's strengthening you. To the, to the man with the withered hand, he calls him forward and he says, stretch out your hand. And everyone's looking at it going, that's impossible. He's thinking, I've never done it. I don't even know how to do it. How do I stretch out my hand? If I told you right now, I want you, everybody ready? Wiggle your ears. Now, some of you can. God bless you. Others of you like, come on, think about it. Like, how do I, I don't even know how to begin to, that's how this man with the withered hand is like, I've never done it. But watch, when he, when he just said to him, okay, here we go. And he went in obedience to do what Jesus said, stretch out your hand. The moment it did, it says that it was made whole like the other how. The power of the Holy Spirit healed that man, gave him the strength to stretch out that hand. Listen, his strengthening comes in, his, in, in the obeying. As I'm yielding, he's strengthening. The Holy Spirit of God continues to strengthen you. Let me give you one more. Holy Spirit of God, you're gonna help us. And he's leading us, amen? He's, he's convicting us. He's strengthening us. And then, listen, we are gonna go this week. We're gonna move forward, moving beyond ourselves by letting him constantly remind us. And let me explain this to you. He's a, Holy Spirit is, the, is a great reminder to us. He always is reminding us of what? Romans chapter eight, verse 16 says this. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's kiddos, that we are God's children. Give me the next verse. It says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He is constantly reminding you that here is kid, reminding you who you are. 
You're my kiddo. You're my kiddo. You're my kiddo. You're my kid. You're my kid. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. And friends, you, you cannot be more of a child of God than you are right now when you've given your life to Jesus. You're a child. You belong to me. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to the, you don't belong to the circumstance. You don't belong to say, God say, you're mine. And the Spirit of God is, oh, I can't. And see, you get so messed up when you don't know who you are. You run around the world trying to figure it out. Come on, stop trying to figure it out. Just be who God has made you to be and who you are as a child of God. And so I get up like, I'm a child of the King. And the Spirit of God is constantly whispering that to you. You belong to me. And he's constantly reminding you of how much God loves you. I love you. I love you. I love you. God, today, I love you. And it is so important that you let the Spirit of God remind you who you are. Because if you don't, you're going to constantly be out there trying to discover who you are in this, in the dumpsters of the world. Like, maybe, maybe this is who I am. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, part of this crew and it don't feel right, but I'm going to do it, I guess. And well, maybe, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's over here and maybe, and gosh, just, just stop. Let me tell you who you are. By the way, I created you. You're my child. And, 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 and I love you. And friends, that changes everything when you can live that way. Why? Because I'm walking around full. Because here's what the Holy Spirit of God says I am. He says I'm loved. He says I'm cherished. He says I'm adopted in the family. He says I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. Come on. He says I got a future. And I got a hope. I mean, he, he just keeps reminding me. And here's what that does. When I walk out of my room, and when I walk out into this world, I walk out full. Some of you have never experienced that. And so what you're doing is going, will you fill me? Could you possibly give me something to fill this void inside my heart? Because I've been looking for a long time and I can't seem to find it anywhere. So will you affirm me? Will, will you accept me? Because I, I feel like I want to be accepted. And I'm not, and I just don't know where. Will you, will you? And some of you are living like this. You're going around to everything in the world going, would you, would anybody, could you help? I, I feel empty. But when you let the Spirit of God get a hold of you and remind you who you are, you walk out and go, hey, listen, listen. It might be nice to have you affirm me, but I don't need it. Why? Because I'm affirmed already. Yes. It might be nice to have you love on me, but I don't need it. Why? Because I'm loved already. I'm accepted already. I'm cherished already. I'm clean already. I don't, I don't need, I don't need it. Amen. Come on. And so you just got to let the Spirit of God remind you who you are. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You will thirst again. Dear church, if you try to drink from the waters of this world, I'm going to tell you right now, you will thirst again. Stop. Just let the Holy Spirit of God remind you that no matter where you've been or what you've done, how much you've messed up, how dark a path you walked down, how dark a past you've had, that if you just let the Spirit of God get a hold of you and draw you near, what he's gonna say to you is that you are loved and you are cherished and you are chosen and you are, listen, come on, you got a future ahead of you. I got you. And you just remain yielded. In Ephesians 
It says, do not grieve, if we put up on the screen, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There's another verse, I think it's over in Thessalonians. We throw that up here for me. It says, do not quench the Spirit. So I'm closing right now. Spirit of God is working. What's he doing? Like, come on, he's leading, he's, he's convicting, he's strengthening, he's reminding, and he's working, and he's working. The Spirit of God, he, he's wanting you to abide in him, abide in him. But now listen, he's warning, okay? You can quench. It means to, to douse, douse out, like you're taking a, like a fire extinguisher. I don't want that in my life. You can't quench, you can't grieve the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a way that you can push against what he's trying to do. And here's what I want to ask you, church. Listen, what would it look like if instead of grieving and quenching, we just started yielding and walking? What if it looked like, what would it look like if instead of running and, and, and rejecting, we just started opening up our lives and opening up ourselves to all that he has for us? Ephesians 5.18, last verse. Ephesians 5.18. If we have it for the screen. In Ephesians, in my phone Bible, chapter 5, verse 18, says this. Oh, yeah. Don't be drunk with wine. It's a great way to end a Bible study. Look, don't be drunk with wine. But listen, listen. When somebody's drinking a lot of wine, what do we say? Oh, they're under the influence. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It literally means just remain surrendered to. It means this, just keep saying yes to him. Just keep saying yes to him. Just keep saying yes to him. In Jesus' name, come on, church, amen. Come on, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta.